7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozart Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Busy show today. Coming up, we'll talk with Buffs voice Mark Johnson. Buffs have Utah Saturday. Colorado coming off that huge double overtime win over USC that they hope propels them into the Pac-12 tournament with a lot of uh, positive mojo. Still have three games left. Got for Colorado, of course, Utah on Saturday uh, coming up for the Buffaloes. But uh, we'll talk with uh, Mark Johnson just a little bit. Uh, it's it's uh, Utah at the Sea Event Center Saturday. Colorado hosts Cal next Wednesday. And then Stanford next Sunday. And then uh, March 7th against Oregon. March 9th against Oregon State. So there's still the five games left on the schedule as we head toward the Pac-12 tournament. But hopefully that double overtime whenever USC may be the thing that... Uh, Gets them going. We will see. We'll talk with Mark about that coming up at uh, just a little bit about 7.20 this morning on the program. We hope to also track down Steve Skiff, Montrose girls basketball coach. Montrose getting the win Tuesday night. Got Pueblo West in the Sweet 16 on Friday over on the Monkey. So uh, we hope to be talking with him this morning. We'll preview the start of actual baseball for the Rockies. They've been out in Scottsdale for a while with spring training, but uh, Arizona, the uh, spring training opener, we'll have it tomorrow on the team with uh, pregame at 1 o'clock. Jerry Schimmel and Jack Corgan will bring that one to you from the Valley of the Sun. So we'll dive into some Rockies baseball this morning along with the Piles' favorite game on a Thursday, which is and Wrigley Field Colorado Sports Trivia. We'll have that for you as well this morning but uh, we start out with high school basketball last night we'll, we'll dive more into it in a moment but uh, Fruita Monument they fell behind by 14 points early on struggled against the pressure and Michael Wells Bobcats coach was concerned about that going in against Highlands Ranch of their ability to force turnovers with their half court full court pressure and the first half Officials let him play. It was physical in the first half. But the Wildcats were down by 14 at one point. They get it to six at halftime. And then the second half, they started to break the press with more regularity. Jet Wells hits a huge three with about 350 left to go in the basketball game. Daniel Thomason had a, a big-time dunk, a thunderous dunk. As the Wildcats... Hold the Falcons just two points in the fourth quarter. Outscored them 21-2. You want to pick up the victory last night. You also had Grand Junction boys winning last night. Knocking off Denver North behind 30 points from Old Applegate. Montrose is a winner last night. They got some revenge with that uh, loss to Harrison last year in the state tournament. Uh, Ryan Vorrier and his team gets a one-point victory over Harrison last night. 49-48 for Central and for Palisade. Uh, they both lose in the first round of the 5A state tournament. Uh, Delta also loses in the 4A tournament down in Pagosa Springs. So, busy show. And um, so we hope to talk with Steve Skiff coming up later on this morning. So, uh, text or call us on the team line, 970-242-1340. I, one of the things that uh, has been coming up a lot lately, Buckeye, has been the future of college athletics. Mm-hmm. And should 
should college athletes sign some kind of almost like a contract, if you will? And some of this speaks to the the problem with some coaches or the coaches have about players transferring. That where's the loyalty? Where's the loyalty? Some coaches are screaming about this. Well, where's your loyalty? Where's your loyalty when you decide another job is more attractive, going to pay more, better conference? Outside of a buyout, mm-hmm. which a lot of the a lot of schools that the, that they're going to will help with that buyout at times. That there is there's no loyalty from a coaching standpoint. And even the buyout argument to me is a little bit disingenuous. Like. Well, we have a buyout. We can't just get out of our... Well, yeah, you can. You pay the buyout and you're done. I said mostly boosters from other schools or that school will help buy out that... We'll pay that buyout. But if... Remember the old days of... Well, we're going to sign you to a letter of intent. And then we're going to stick you at the back of the bench. And it's not going to be what we promised you. But you're going to have to deal with it. Well, I don't like this. I would like to transfer. No. We're not going to let you out of your commitment. You have to sit out a year. You have to pay. Yeah. You have to pay a substantial price. Yep. And even then, it's like, well, you can't transfer here, here, or here. There's so many more limitations. Where, well, we just have a buyout. Yeah, that is usually paid in some respect. Like either, like you said, the boosters at your new school, or some of the money they've already paid you. And then you're gone, and you walk onto the dais the next day, and you're introduced, and smiles, and handshakes, and hold up the jersey and the hat and the picture, and you're off in coaching, and the other kid's sitting out a year. So even the buyout talk to me is a little bit disingenuous with the, what is this, free agency? Coaches, well, stop. Because more often than not, the coach does not have to suffer that financial burden. No. Somebody else takes care of it for them. Running backs, coaches suffer a little bit because they got to move again and they're not getting paid a lot and you're off somewhere and maybe he's not taking you with him and then the new coach comes in and you're part of the lash regime and good luck like the consequence for the head coach is finding somewhere to donate all the old gear that's pretty much the worst in his life at that point like is there goodwill around so I can and, put and so, all and so when I hear coaches of the of, of the ilk of well of a Nick Saban who's of course now retired mm-hmm. of of guys bemoaning and crying about about essentially college free agency the transfer portal I don't feel the least bit sorry for him and you shouldn't but would would a solution potentially be if I'm a college athlete I'm getting nil money name image likeness money. I'm, I've got a, I've got a nice deal with somebody that I sign a contract that ties me to that that NIL money with that school that if I'm willing if I'm going to take these dollars which part of that's on my popularity but also I have the platform by playing for Ohio State mm-hmm. or Michigan or USC or whoever that provides me the platform not that I couldn't take my brand elsewhere and to a different platform and also have similar financial success, that I I sign a contract that is that ties me to that NL NIL money with that school. If I'm gonna get three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year 
repping Pepsi and KFC or, or, or I'm getting $2 million a year, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. whatever dollars I'm getting through the school's NIL department, Colorado Mesa now has that. They have a name, image, likeness collective organization, if you will. We referenced the, the Green and Gold Guard with Colorado State. Their yeah. director is now the interim athletic director. There are those entities that, that, that help organize, control those dollars. Should this become part of being a college athlete that, okay, you're, you're going to get this money. You're going to get, we're going to find things for you to endorse. You're going to be compensated extremely well. Mm-hmm. But you're going to do it wearing the uniform of the University of Colorado or Stanford or whatever for said period of time of whatever your college, whatever your scholarship is. Is that an unfair thing? Because you, you don't have to sign it. You don't have to sign the contract. But that money doesn't go with you. That you are tied, say, if you're repping KFC. Mm-hmm. You decide to leave. That that deal with KFC is with that school and that school alone. You don't get to take that with you. Say it's with the, it's with KFC nationally, not like the local KFC or whatever, that it's tied with them and you leave, that money stays there. That money does not go with you. None of your NIL money goes with you. Does that make sense? That you are committed through that NIL group, through that university, repping those brands only as a member of that school. But contractually, you have to walk away from that if you decide to transfer. I, I, mean, I mean, give it some thought. I, I mean, I'm just I'm throwing I'm just throwing stuff yeah. out there because these are some of the things I've been seeing lately of finding a way to create less of a wild west environment with mm-hmm. with the transfer portal by using NIL as you you're going to get paid you're going to be compensated but you're going to kind of like signing a contract with with the Denver Broncos or the Denver Nuggets where you're kind of signing a contract mm-hmm. to a certain of my services are tied to this institution now when do you get the money cuz the way i'm hearing it is you can do it for 3 years but once you leave you're not getting paid so why did I do it in the first place? That's how I'm hearing it. I don't know I think if you're getting, got you, a disconnect. No, when do you I'm just, get the money? No, I'm just, I'm just kind of working through some of this as yeah, we okay, talk okay, here. So there's, there's nothing hard and fast here. Because, like, if you get it every year, then, all right, fine. But if you have to wait until you're done. No, no. When you, you, you transfer, you, you, are, you lose it all. You are compensated mm-hmm. while you play for that institution. And if you decide to leave, that if you decide to transfer... And there may be something to, that you have to stipulation. Somebody gets hurt, something mm-hmm. like that, because schools honor scholarships that somehow you'd still get a percentage of your money. You don't get all of it because you're no longer a, a viable brand, if you will, because you're not playing anymore because you got hurt. But you don't walk away with nothing because you, you made a commitment to the school. Mm-hmm. You stayed there. But then if you decide to transfer, that money is not transferable. It does not go with you. You're only the, you only get paid through your NIL through that institution while you're there. You go to another school, you can get NIL, that's fine, but that's got to be through their their NIL department. 
you sign a contract with them repping the brands that they have through their their, their, it, yeah, their particular collective. A, for me, it's a Pandora's box of now this opens up again the under-the-table dealings. Potentially, yeah. Which, you know, because if I'm Nike, I'm going to sponsor the athlete, not the quarterback at Colorado, right? I'm going to sponsor Shadur Sanders wherever he goes, and right. I don't want that money filtered through the University of Colorado with their stipulations on top of it, right? Especially if I'm, you know, if I right. if I'm a star, I don't want that either. Right, and that's the, I I want to rep the brands. I'm going to rep, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take that with me. There needs to be some sort of, at least some guardrails somewhere along this highway, so you don't just fall off careening down the side of the hill. I just, I don't even know where I would start let alone have a solution. Yeah, I, these these are just things I've read over the last week or so of would this be a solution of of tying creating a contract that ties that that mm-hmm. particular athlete to that school through NIL, yeah. which makes them less likely to want to transfer because I'm, I'm being I'm getting compensated, it's guarantee mm-hmm. of compensation and and that I that I'm going to maybe stay and be be less likely to leave. But I'm going to but maybe after there has to be some level of guarantee of I'm going to make this much nil mm-hmm. because there has to be something. It can't be just I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm only Sanders. I need a higher guarantee of money right than what I would get regularly to lose that freedom that exactly I had last year. You know what I mean? Because there, there has to be something in it for the the student athlete to say, right? Okay, I'm I'm going to be guaranteed mm-hmm. this much money if I stay here. And for all of the people that want the advertisement, right? Right. Like, you also have to get the KFCs, Nikes, whoever's of the world to agree to this too. To be okay with it as well, yeah. You know, and now after the wild, wild west of the last three years, it feels like it's going to be hard to kind of ramp that down. They they screwed it up from the jump with just instead of turning on the faucet slowly and letting the water warm up, they just knocked the cover off the fire hydrant. Well, and part of the problem, too, is that each state has a different NIL mm-hmm. legislation. Right. Law, they govern it. And, and that's part of the problem. That uh, we got so many bigger things to deal with. But the federal level, mm-hmm. there, there probably should have been some kind of, of right. situation with the NCAA and and then the federal government of here's how we're going to deal with this mm. particular issue. Well, the federal be, mafia until they get their taste, they're not going to take yeah. care of it either. There there needs to be there needs you to be some kick kind up of, to Pauli and Dante, or, or probably do you even really need the federal government involved? Probably no, not. Absolutely, it, not. It, you know, avoid it at all costs. Certainly, whereas the NCAA, if, in Canada. if the NCAA had any real teeth and power, good mm-hmm. luck Charlie Baker on this whole thing. Yeah, because he's the one's trying to push through some of these things that you let the genie out of the bottle way too long ago mm-hmm. and instantly should have stepped in initially and said here's what we're going to do with name image likeness and how athletes get compensated and this is going to be our uniform policy across right ncaa sports for regardless what state you're in but then the states felt like they had to get involved they had to take over yeah because nothing was getting done by the ncaa 
And then here we are with a hodgepodge. NIL's different in Louisiana than it is in Colorado than it is in California. And whether and you agree with any either side or not, the only entity in college football that seems to have been able to put into writing an enforceable contract is the ACC and their grant of rights. Yeah. Everybody else is like contract schmontract. They don't care. Like 14 playoff, rip it up. We have 12 teams in the PAC conference, rip it up. We don't care. Like, we're not going to invite anybody except, oh, hey, Oregon and Washington are available. Come on in. Like, the only place in college sports that has a contract where it's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the way it is, is the ACC grant of rights. They're the only entity across the entirety of college sports that has, hey, paper, and, yeah. where it's like, yeah, this is kind of how it is. And right now, Florida State's trying to test that. Right. But pretty much everything I've read is, Eh, good not luck. Have a whole good, lot of- good luck with that, Florida State. Yeah. Good luck. All right, seven seventeen. Mark Johnson is going to join us in just a few minutes, and it's time right now for what's happening. And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology partner. One call, one team, one goal: helping your business grow. ComWest helps business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions. They support and secure your business technology consistently and professionally. IT services to meet your business needs. PC and server support, business phone systems, surveillance, network support, cybersecurity backup, and disaster recovery. If you want to learn more, go to comwestcorp.com or call Comwest today, 242-8142. That's 970-242-8142 for Comwest, helping your business grow. All right, laid things off this morning with a very busy night in high school basketball. Boys State Tournament started last night. Top-seeded Fruit of Monument boys basketball team had to dig themselves out of a first-half hole. The top 32nd-seeded Highlands Ranch to move on to the Sweet 16 of the 6A State Basketball Tournament. The Wildcats' Jet Wells hit a three-pointer with about 3.50 left in the game that helped Fruit of Monument go on a 21-2 run to beat the Falcons 53-41. In the first half, the Wildcats struggled against Highlands Ranch's full and half-court pressure and trailed by 14 points at one point. They cut the lead to six at halftime, and Coach Michael Wells says it took time for them to settle into their game. Again, that was just part of that nerves, part of that chaos that they created early, and, and once we kind of settled down, then, you know, we, we played how we wanted to. The guys really executed the stuff, and we turned the tide. D- DT's dunk and Jets three to give us the lead, and, you know, it was kind of done from there. Bruno Monument moves to 24-0 with Daniel Thomas and leading the way with 20 points with Wells adding 18. Wildcats host Broomfield Saturday night at 7 o'clock in a rematch of their fourth game of the season. Fruita beat the Eagles in overtime in that one, 84-79. You can hear Saturday's game on 1100 KNZZ. Grand Junction Tigers boys basketball team opened up the 5A state tournament. They beat Denver North 76-43 in what should be the last home game of the old Grand Junction High School gymnasium. Will Applegate's 30 points led the way, and Coach Dutch Johnson knew how Will performed would set the tone for the rest of the game. You know, we've tried to play through Will all season long, and obviously in conference play, they know we're trying to play through him, and they make it hard to get it to him. We knew we had a size and strength advantage down low, and right from the get-go, we had some success going to Will, even Andy and even our Brady down in there, but we wanted to keep feeding Will as much as we could. Lewis Palmer defeated Central last night in the first round as Central fell at Lewis Palmer 72-43, to so Grand Junction plays at Lewis Palmer Saturday night at 7 o'clock. The Montrose Redhawks boys basketball team is moving on the 5A state tournament after picking up a one-point home win for Harrison Wednesday night. Montrose beat Harrison 49-48 to to get some revenge for last year's state tournament loss to the Panthers. Redhawks play at Ponderosa Saturday night at 7 o'clock in the Sweet 16. 
As I mentioned, the Central boys lost at Lewis Palmer 72-43. to Palisade lost at Vista Peak Prep 76-35. to The second seed of Bison are coached by former Palisade standout and former head coach Keenan Clement in 4A. The Delta boys lost at Pagosa Springs 59-45. to This weekend, the sixth-ranked Cutter Mesa men's basketball team heads south for games against Highlands and CSU Pueblo. Last time against the Cowboys, CMU scored 94 points with Aiden Cool and Christopher Speller each scoring 20-plus points. Highland since then is a team that's capable of hitting from beyond the arc, and Coach Mike DeGeorge says that's a defensive priority. They're playing a lot faster, and they're shooting a lot of threes. You know, they have really good athletes, and they're shooting the ball at a high rate. And, you know, that's not an easy road trip, and to go and get two huge for them keeps their playoff chances alive and so you know we know we're going to get their best effort and their talented uh, well-coached team coverage of Colorado Mesa New Mexico Island starts tomorrow afternoon at 445 the women tip it at five the men at seven o'clock coverage presented by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance and today on the team it's Colorado Mesa baseball they take on Northwest Nazarene pregame at 145 today for that one from the Diamond of the Bergman Sports Complex and then later tonight the Nuggets take on Washington pregame at 6.30. Avalanche square off against Detroit as well this evening. And that's a look at... What's happening? All right, 7.21, Jim along with the Buckeye boy. We will take a break. We'll come back. And Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes, joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. Cuckoo, loony, and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. <laughs> It's time to talk buffs with CU voice Mark Johnson on the Jim Davis Show on the team. And with us right now, the voice of the Colorado Buffaloes, Mark Johnson. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Jim, good morning. Always good to be on with you. Always great to talk with you, and things feel a little better in uh, Buffs Nation right now after that uh, that huge win, the double overtime win over USC. Five games left in the regular season, Mark, and uh, a chance, as my late pappy would say to me, to make some hay while the sun is out for the Colorado Buffaloes, building some momentum heading to the Pac-12 tournament with those five games left with Utah, of course, coming up on Saturday. Yeah, you're right. That, that one on Saturday was a must-have. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, they, they, they got it by the skin of their teeth. They played very hard. And now you've got three straight at home coming up, Utah on Saturday night. And then you've got the Bay Area schools after that for uh, wrapping things up with two on the road against the Oregon schools. So I've been saying, Jim, I think they need to run the table at home and at the very, very least, get a split at the Oregon schools. Uh, certainly a sweep would be fantastic. And then head to Las Vegas and, and have a good showing there to make the NCAA tournament. So we'll see. I mean, they're, they're playing good basketball right now. Uh, hope they can get rid of this inconsistency issue. That's what's killed them so far. Uh, they're a very good basketball team. Make no mistake about it. When, they, when they're playing at the top of their game, they, they play with anybody in America. Boy, that... that you know, turnover issues and then an inconsistency on the defensive end have been the, the bugaboos, if you will, this season. It's been very, very disheartening. I think if there's been one player, though, that's been pretty consistent throughout the course of the season, I think we can agree K.J. Simpson's probably been that guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I, I mean his, his numbers are spectacular. He's flirting with, you know, 50, 45, 90, 50% from the field, 45% from three, uh, 90% from the foul line. Um, his assist-to-turnover numbers are fantastic. Uh, his defense has been consistent. He has been outstanding all season long. Now the other night, um, you know, he had the U- UCLA found a way to kind of uh, contain him. He had a uh, single-digit game the other night against them, but but still grabbed was eight or nine rebounds, and like six or seven assists, and so he's finding always ways to make an impact. But yeah, he has been outstanding this season. You know, it's interesting at Bus Prime Time on Monday night, our show with Tad Boyle. 
Uh, we go talking about KJ, and he said, you know, early in his career, I think KJ used to get upset because I would throw McKinley right in his face all the time, you know. And and he said I had to catch myself after a while. Well, he said we've got to the point where now I, I forget about McKinley because because KJ's become such an outstanding player. And I've got an interview coming up with him next week, and I was going to you know. And there was by the way, there was a couple of times when I was interviewing KJ, and I bring up McKinley, and I could see that kind of sucking on a lemon look on his face, like I can't believe someone's doing it again. Uh, I was going to remind him, or, or at least uh, uh, advise him coming up here when we do this interview this upcoming week, that you know now moving forward, people are going to be reminded of KJ Simpson. Young guards are because of the way he played, and so that's just a great, it's a great story of evolution, of maturation by a young player. But he's been phenomenal. Mark Johnson, voice cover of Buffalo, is joining us on the program this morning. So you talk coming up on Saturday, Mark. Uh, just some of your thoughts from uh, from the last time the Buffs faced uh, the Utes, and what has to happen differently uh, this time against Utah. Well, they got to score. I mean, you know, the last time they played Utah, I mean, they, they, the offense was horrible. And, and yet still uh, forced that game to be extremely competitive down the stretch. <clears throat> when I talk about the inconsistencies of, of the Buffaloes, that's one of the games I think about right there. Because they, they weren't scoring, and, and that's going to happen on occasion in, in basketball. But then what do you have to do? You've got to defend and rebound. And, and the Buffs didn't do that consistently in that ball game. And so... Um, you know, I can go back with the, the losses that Colorado has had this season. You know, say for the, the, the couple of Arizona losses, that's a bad matchup for the Buffaloes. They have not uh, presented themselves well against the Wildcats. Every other game that they've lost this season, you go back and say, you know, you can pick out the reasons pretty, pretty quickly. I mean, you, you haven't been consistent on the defensive end. You haven't taken care of the basketball. You've had way too many, given up way too many points off turnovers, those kind of things. And, and yet in those games, They've still been competitive. I mean, look at that game on Saturday at, at USC. They woke up in the second half and finally, finally played complete basketball. Uh, they had nine turnovers in the first half, and uh, the points up turnovers were off the charts. And, you know, Tad said he looked at the guys in half of them and said, I'm not sure why we're down six. We should be down 26 right now. And, and so it just it, it's, it's the frustrating yet, uh, I think, provocative part of this team is they – they play inconsistently, but yet they're good enough, even with those flaws, those major flaws out there at times, to, to play, you know, in competitive basketball. And so, you know, that's the part about this team that kind of drives you crazy is, you know, fellas, if you came out and really dialed in each and every night, I mean, we'd be talking about a, a team that's a, maybe a three or four loss team at this point in time and, and would be settled in the end of the field. And so uh, those are the things they have to overcome. But they got a good opportunity on on Saturday against Utah. Utah's a quality team. Make no mistake about it. They've got their flaws as well. Uh, Buffs are at home, but it's a game that Colorado has to have. He's the voice of Colorado Buffalo's Mark Johnson joining us today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. So I think the, the question bears asking here, you've, you've called every Buffs game this year, Mark. Uh, why, why the problem with the turnovers? What, what do you feel like is the, the root of, uh, of that problem for, for Tad Boyle and the Buffs? You know, Jim, if I could answer that question, I would go to Ted and say, hey, maybe you want to take care of this issue right here. <laughs> um, and, and here's the, the crazy part about it is I, I would just, this is totally subjective. Sure. But I, I'm going to say 50% of the time their turnovers are careless turnovers, are unforced-type turnovers. The other night against the USC, for example, uh, the Buffs start a run and, and are picking up momentum they, they force a miss. They get a stop at the defensive end, rebound, outlet to K.J., and he throws a, a, a high degree of difficulty pass up court to, uh, it was Javon Hadley at the time, and it goes sailing out of bounds. You're like, well, well why? You know, that, that, you didn't have to do that. Uh, you know, passing and catching. Remember the great, 
the uh, oh goodness, um, it was the, the yeah the great baseball movie with Bull Durham, wasn't it? About passing the ball and catching the ball and and you know you get it's a simple game. Yes, it's a simple game. You 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 hit the ball, you catch the ball, right? That kind of thing, and and, and so it, that's kind of what you're dealing with this team. And, and to me, that comes down to a a mental issue. It's are you dialed in all the time? Are you are you extremely focused all the time? And and so I don't know if it's as simplistic as that. Well, that might be a simplistic explanation, but it's not a simplistic thing to, to overcome, right? Um, is the mental aspect of things, and so. That seems to be the issue with this team in large part. And, you know, we had a, there was a, I can think of a handful of plays in both the UCLA and USC games where guys would make a pass, it would go right through the hands of somebody out of bounds. And you're like, well, I mean, you're, you're high-level athletes here. I mean, I know you can catch the ball, so why? And, and those, those come down to mental things, I think, when, in athletes, as I've observed over the years. And, and I'm not sure exactly how you fix that. That seems to be kind of an individual kind of thing. Mark Johnson, voice of Buffalo, is with us today. Colorado hosts Utah Saturday night at 7 o'clock at the CU Events Center. Flip it over, Mark, uh, to college football, where uh, the college football playoff committee, uh, they've, uh, it's been approved, uh, the change in the playoffs, now a 12-team playoff, to the 5-plus-7 model. Uh, give me your thoughts on, and hopefully Colorado's going to be in that conversation. We'll keep our fingers crossed for that. But uh, give me your thoughts about the, the change to the 5-plus-7. The well, you, you know, what's interesting about that is, is they, uh, that was two days ago. They go to the 5 plus 7, and then yesterday they're talking about expanding to 14. And so, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, I thought, well, why didn't you just go to 14 then? If we've had this thing that we've been looking at now for, for years, really, but, but really substantially here in the last, uh, you know, year, year and a half that we knew we were going to go to this. If you're already going to start, what's the point of just pausing here at, at 5 plus 7 before I, I – I don't understand college administrators at all. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand why we do things incrementally instead of if you're going to make wholesale changes, just make the changes then, and let's go and let's 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 make it a, a, a high quality system and one that we've thought about and we've looked at thought about all where all the pitfalls in this thing and just move forward. But so we we get the big announcement two days ago. This is where we're going, and then literally 24 hours later. They're talking about changing the format again. Help me, help me understand that. I, I just don't get that. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I'm always amazed at life. The people who are in high paying, you can talk government, you can talk college administration, you can talk all kinds of things. People in high paying positions do the most illogical things. And those of us here, the unwashed out here, the masses, sit there and think, well, that, that, that's, there's no common sense to that whatsoever. Why, why would you do that? And, and so I, I'm perplexed by the whole thing. Now, now in regards to the, the, the current format, great. You know, I, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I just don't know anymore, Jim. I, I just watch this stuff. I mean, listen, it didn't take a genius back in 2004 when I became the voice of the bus back then. And, and the Jeremy Bloom thing was going on. And it was total chaos. And I thought to myself, well, you better address this, man, because this is just the tip of the iceberg. And then nobody does anything for 15 years, and it becomes a total mess that we've got right now. So all those those highly educated, highly paid, uh, extremely important people in college athletics that sat and watched this for a decade and a half and did nothing about it, and now we've got this mess. And now this same group of people went and did this deal here the last 48 hours, and I'm like, well, okay, here we go again, right? 
So yeah, I, it's just, I don't know yeah. what to think about it. Yeah, well, you know, those people in high places, they need more friends in low places. <laughs> That's what you they know, need. They need uh, less, the, they need some of the, 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 the common folk, you know, about <laughs> these kind of things. The great philosopher Garth Brooks, I think, once said that. I believe he did say that once upon a time. <laughs> and uh, sang rather badly by Travis Kelsey uh, the other day as well, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, it was, yeah that was not good. <laughs> that was not, not good he at all. He apparently has learned nothing from his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, his, that, yeah. <laughs> so he has not learned a thing from Tay-Tay about hitting the high notes. Uh, nothing about that at all. But I, I don't mean to be flippant about it. Sure. But just yeah, All this stuff confuses me. I mean, I, 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 I'm not opposed to a playoff. It's going to uh, significantly affect the bowl system and what that has meant and what how that was kind of unique to college football. And so that's going to be damaged greatly by this. Uh, but I'm not uh, opposed to the, the playoff system. I just, you know, have your ducks in a row, for goodness sakes. I, I was at a meeting the other day, and it was something that had been talked about over and over and over and over again. And we get to this meeting, and, and still it wasn't, you know, it, we, we apparently weren't smart enough to uh, actually, uh, you know, get, have this thing come to fruition. And, and I stated that, which was very unpopular, when I said, really, after all this time, we wasted all this time, yeah. and we still can't get this done. And uh, that that kind of stuff kind of kind of drives me crazy. Well, why not just do sixteen? Because that's what other right. other levels of the NCAA do. They have a sixteen team playoff. Well, well there just, you go. Just, so, so they're talking about extending to fourteen. I'm thinking, well, one double A and Division two have always done sixteen. Just so go sixteen. Are we going to pause at fourteen then, and then go to sixteen? <laughs> so it's just the is, is nobody looking down the road and saying, okay, what's the ultimate end to this, and what would be the ultimate best? circumstances for college athletics apparently nobody at the 1a level can look out and say you know they've been doing this successfully at lower levels for a long time and have no issue with it and so we're just going to kind of you know skip our way partially to that at different points and then maybe someday we'll eventually get to that and match them uh and 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 have as uh, you know, seamless a process as they've had for all these years, but apparently we can't learn anything from them, and that—that's the part about this that always gets me frustrated. Well, Buckeye, not not to be the hey, we're the mm-hmm. smartest guys in the room, guys, but have we not mentioned this for years? Why don't they just do what yeah. FCS and, and and other levels and NCAA football? Right. Just go sixteen. We teams. all know they're going there. So why yeah, just, just get, do it now? Just get there. Just go ahead and make it happen. Just go ahead and do sixteen and and call it good. Well, you, you know, because we. we you know, I've always got this rule in life. No matter what you're talking about, always follow the money. Always. That will always take you to the answer. And the answer has been what I just mentioned earlier. There's been a very successful bowl system, which has made big-time college football very unique for a long time. It gave a lot of schools always the carrot to, to chase in the season. Uh, you know, with, they knew they couldn't get into this, the, the, uh, a, a tournament of 12 or 14 or 16, whatever. And, and so it, it gave a lot of teams hope to play in the postseason. Well, that's going to eventually go away. And so what you've got here, my guess is, is this fight going on monetarily. Because remember, the NCAA does not control postseason football. That's a totally different entity. And so that, I'm sure, is what's going on. Oh, here. sure. Fight is going on. Yeah, absolutely. They, I mean, the, the answer's there in front of them. But like you said, the NCAA, they don't control this this yep. aspect. And so CFP, they, they, they have no desire to follow what the NCAA does. No. Yeah. No, it, it, they want to continue to line their pockets, you know. You know, if they think of it this way, 
Well, here we talk about the mess we've created in college football right now and athletics overall, but really football is what really drove this with the, the NIL thing. And, and, you know, people would say, well, coaches have been doing these kind of things. They've been getting money. They've been uh, jumping from ship to ship no matter what. And, and we, we just continue to kill ourselves by doing this. So uh, here we go with college athletics, with, with what's going on with, with NIL, with all these issues we've been talking about. And then Jed Fish here the last uh, few weeks takes the job from Arizona to Washington. Before the Inkster had a contract, he was already interviewing with UCLA. I mean, so we, we just we speak out of one side of our mouth, these coaches do, about what we need to do to make this better. And then on the other side, it's, it's kind of that old line, what's the, uh, the laws for, for thee and not for me? Yes. And, and, and so the guy, and you're like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, you're just setting the table for all that's happened already and just enforcing why all of this stuff has happened. And, and so it, it's, it's hard to... Uh, to be on, on, on a college football fan and cheer on any side of this thing right now. Uh, no doubt. Hey, Mark, always appreciate the time. Always appreciate the insight as well, my friend. And have a great call coming up on Saturday. All right, Jim. Thank you. All right, Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes. Mark, nice Mark, Mark is getting fired up there, and I understand. About yeah, I, I wish Mark wasn't so, so calm and reserved. Checked and, out, you know. Well, whatever they do is fine yeah, with me. You know, you know. whatever. He's, At least he could have a yeah. little bit... A little bit more strong of an opinion about this, you know. That's why we love. Maybe that's why we point. love Mark, and we love having Mark on. Yeah, because he's going to tell you what he thinks, and it's kind of like what we were saying earlier. Coaches can't sit around and cry about guys hitting the transfer portal and how the transfer portals ruined everything. Mm-hmm. When, as you mentioned with with Jet Fish, yeah, and what and and what he did, and. Kalen DeBoer. I mean, Kalen DeBoer is in Washington. He takes him to the, you know, into the college football playoffs and takes and him to a title game appearance. And, off to Alabama. And then, boom, he's gone. If you're a Washington man, how do you how do you feel about that? You don't feel great. And and so I, it's it's frustrating. It's 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 not great for college athletics. Great for college football. You and I love chaos. But there comes a point where we're not even. I love organized chaos. Yeah, I love I love, I love chaos, that, chaos. That, that creates intrigue, fun, right? Not this kind of stuff. Yeah the the realignment chaos is kind of fun. Agreed. This is not fun. This is not fun. And for the college football playoffs, you just approved what five plus seven? Yeah. You just did that after you're going to mm-hmm. go six and six, and now it's five plus seven. Okay, fine. And so. You're immediately talking about what's well, let's why we do fourteen. Did, well, why, any of these people remember their own hand wringing at we can't go we can't go to twelve. We have a contract with four. It's right. Contracts, contracts, contracts. Like with these, it's the same people. Well, we can't break these contracts. Well, we signed twelve. All right, let's look at fourteen. Why we're going to go to sixteen eventually? Well, because people aren't going <laughs> to notice if we do this. Yeah. It's it's an absolute mess. This just goes to show you that because you test well and pass courses and get more and more elevated degrees does not conversely 100% make you smarter. Smart. Yeah. You may not actually be smart. You're just a good test taker. Yeah, I, I just didn't. You have, you know, Notre Dame, for example. Paul Feinbaum the other day. Mm-hmm. 
talking about, uh, you know, Notre Dame and as, as it relates to the new college football playoff model. And Feinbaum said the big controversy is with Notre Dame. Um, what if Notre Dame is number one? Marcus Freeman's a good coach. He This is now gets into what he thinks about the program. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to be number one. But if they were, it's their own fault. Notre Dame remains an independent because some of this is based on being the, the, a top seed, based on winning a conference. Right. Uh, is Notre Dame in a conference, Buckeye? Uh, for football? No, no, no they are not, not. Not as of yet. And then Feinbaum made a really good point, too. That when Remember, they, they joined the ACC for a year during mm-hmm. COVID. And they got to the college football playoffs because of that. Where they could have joined that. They're a member in every sport but, but hockey and football. But they still wanted to get their sweet NBC money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so this is what we talked about before. Notre Dame. If you want to be in the college football playoffs, have a top seed, mm-hmm. join the ACC. Go join the Big Ten. Whatever. I don't care. But join a conference. If this keeps them out somehow or keeps them from having a higher seed, good. Yeah. You've made this decision. BYU wised up. Right. They went, this is not going to work. We need to join a conference. And they're in the Big they 12. They were only out there for four or eight years. Yeah. I mean, this is 135 years mm-hmm. for Notre Dame as far as being a, an independent. But also, BYU didn't roll out of bed in the morning with the mindset of, we deserve this. And the sweet NBC TV yeah, deal. that too. Like, we deserve to be in the playoffs. You're five and seven. Doesn't matter. We're Look, Notre Dame. Touchdown Jesus deserves to be in the playoffs. One one for the Gipper. Yep. Joe Montana played here. Mm-hmm. Rudy played. Rudy. Come Rudy on, deserves to be in the playoffs. You're four and eight. Doesn't matter. I I, I personally I wish there was a way they could keep them out. Just just to show them, to oh, teach yeah. them a lesson. I would love that it. Even if they're good, keep them out of the playoffs. Yep. Because you don't want to join a conference. You're too good for a conference. Notre Dame, or excuse me, BYU thought that for a while, too, until mm-hmm. they realized, hey, we're not Notre Dame, are we? Right. Like, we're, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're not. not. We're not this good. We better join a conference if we ever hope to have even the, the, the slimmest of a chance of playing in the college football mm-hmm. playoffs. All right, 745, and it's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, there's a new coach at the helm of the New England Patriots for the first time since Pete Carroll and Gerard Mayo. Now, things are different in New England. Quite different. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in a while. I think it was in January. It's really the last time I got a chance to to uh, speak with you guys. I appreciate, first of all, you guys coming down. I know there are a lot of uh, what? unknowns right now. He's talking to the talking media? What? After free agency, but today is really about uh, the new coaches. Gets and, better. You know, we'll have our coordinators up here to kind of speak to you guys. And uh, I don't know if Stacy told you guys, but afterwards, the rest of our new coaches, I think they have 17 new coaches, uh, they will come down and, and hopefully we get a chance to, this to really vibe and connect. Um, they know that this is the you know, our relationship with the media is very important. Stacy no, and John have done a good no, job explaining no, it to those this. guys. But at the same time, you're I think there needs to be no. uh, no. a good relationship between the two groups. And, what, what and hopefully, uh, look, I'll try to make myself available as much as possible. 
Um, no, don't do that. At the same time today, it's really just about uh, the new coaches you? and the coordinators. Somewhere, Bill Belichick's head is spinning like a top. What, what, are, you, what are you doing, Gerard? Good relationship between the coaches. Available any any time. No, no, you're, no. This is no. This is lunat- lunacy. What are we doing what's, here? What, what's wrong? Do you need to pee in a cup? Do we need to run a test? There's something wrong. This is not the Patriot way. This is not the Patriot way. It's demean, belittle, bully. What are we doing here? Oh, and then if they pay me, Duncan pays me to go on the EEI radio spot. Then I'll be charming and <laughs> funny. Be funny and a likable guy. But if you're not paying me to be <clears> here, I don't really want to yeah. be here. All right, 747. And uh, coming up next, uh, bringing some of the, the post-game uh, interviews from last night's high school games. Fruit Monument uh, rallying to beat the Highlands Ranch last night. Grand Junction takes down Denver North. Uh, that's coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. It's the Western Slope's home of Colorado sports. Come on! This is the Jim Davis Show. Welcome back, 750. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Got some thoughts about college football playoffs. The 5 plus 7 model, which then they said, hey, what about 14? What about 14 teams? Why do we do that? Oh. It's a new one from uh, Pearl Jam, yeah, by the Dark way. Dark Matter. Dark Matter. I, I like it. It has like um, it. a little bit of a sound garden flavor. You mentioned yeah. the drums. Of course, that's Matt Cameron, who mm-hmm. was the drummer for Soundgarden sound before he became the drummer for yeah, Pearl Jam. It's very Soundgarden-ish. I still I give it the side eye because, well, Eddie said this is their best work ever. And we'll like, see. And I listened to 10. Uh, Jeremy and Black and even Flo. And I, uh, that's gonna be, that's tough to top that. Yeah. You know, but it's good. Vitalology is a really, a really good, good album. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they produce some great albums. So we'll, we'll see if it's truly the best one, one they've ever I done. One thing I like about that song that Metallica could learn from doesn't overstay its welcome. That's like a crisp three and a half, four yeah. minutes and done. Does it's not nice. linger longer than it right. should. Why are we still playing this riff? <laughs> All right. Uh, last night, Fruto Monument boys basketball team rallied to knock off Highlands Ranch after the game. I had the chance to talk with Wildcats coach Michael Wells, the coach of the Southwestern League champion Fruto Monument boys, who are also the overall number one. Thought that was our post game from last night. Apparently, that was not our post game interview. Do you have the one, though, from Dutch Johnson last night? Grand Junction boys knocking off Denver North. We are here with Dutch Johnson, the head coach of the Grand Junction Tigers. His team getting a huge dominating win tonight over the Denver North Vikings. Let's first talk about Will Applegate. 30 points. Kid was just dominating tonight, wasn't he? He was. And, you know, we've tried to play through Will all season long. And obviously in conference play, they know we're trying to play through him. And they make it hard to get it to him. Uh, We knew we had a size and strength advantage down low. And uh, obviously... Right from the get-go, we had some success going to Will and uh, even Andy and even our Brady down in there, but we wanted to keep feeding Will as much as we could. Something that you were telling us earlier in the week before this game was that, you know, they were a team that could shoot a lot and and hit threes, and that was something you really wanted to uh, limit tonight. And I think you guys defensively did a pretty good job of limiting their threes tonight. We did, and where they get their threes is just off that driving kick. And I thought we did a really good job, you know, on the ball, guarding our yard and, and not letting them have direct line drives where we're overhelping and kicking the wide open threes. So I thought we did a really good job on the ball and one pass away where we're, you know, in those no splits and just not letting them comfortable get downhill and, like I said, get those wide open threes. All right, so we do know this for sure. Lewis Palmer did get the win tonight over Central. So this is it. This is the last game that's going to be played here in this gym, and I know that for you, 
yes, this is your first year technically this year, but it's your second stint. And so just for you, the, the memories of coaching in this building, of just being a part of this atmosphere for you as this is the last game, ending on a high note for you, how significant is that for you, ending out in the way that you guys did tonight? Uh, very significant, right? To win the last regular season game against a crosstown rival, to win a first-round uh, playoff game in this old gym. Um, you know, like you said, my second stint, my second go-around here and uh, 12 years coaching in that building. So, it, you know, it's going to be bittersweet, definitely, when that gym goes down. But to go out with two wins and a playoff win is is awesome. And, uh, you know, we'll be excited. We'll be excited for the new gym, but, you know, it's so much tradition and history in that gym and so many great players and coaches in the San Provenzas, Isaac Madison's, Gene Wilders in wrestling, and just a lot of names have been in that gym. Yeah, no doubt about it. Max Kralicek over the years and yeah, Man. Gary Cordry and just, I mean, some incredible coaches, don't players. don't really realize it until he starts listing off names. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, that guy, yeah, that guy too. Yeah, yeah that guy too. Gene Wilder, of course, had an incredible run as the, the Tigers wrestling coach, mm-hmm. the late Gene Wilder. And so, um, but Last night, that was it. That's the, the final game in that gymnasium. Yep. And from everything I've heard about the new gym, it's going to be pretty incredible. Are we going to have our nice little booth kind of tucked away in the corner? I like, don't know about that. I, don't, you know, I have not seen kinda... that. I have not seen that. I've not seen it all. Yeah. I've not seen blueprints. I've not seen I like being the amongst the people. But but I've heard student section is going to be behind the basket. Ooh. Yeah. Trick. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Do not know that for certain. All right, so track down our Michael Wells interview.